Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of this week's episode of the Classic Quest podcast, the show where we break down classic hip-hop albums track by track, giving our thoughts and opinions on every song. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And uh, unlike the last couple of times where we recorded part two after part one had already come out, we didn't do that, so we're skipping that whole comment thing. Uh, we, um, we're we just going to get to it pretty quick, so yeah. we recommend that you... Well, fuck, what album is it? Why it's... <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z's In My Lifetime, Volume 1. And uh, we're That's doing right, folks. the second half of the album because we were talking for a while and we're trying to test out cutting them into like two halves. Smaller versions. Because we figure at least that way it's a little more manageable Smaller. for you to watch at so one time. Because somehow when we put out a three-hour video, we don't seem to get all the love of people wanting to watch three-hour videos. So you put out two one-and-a-half-hour videos, maybe people want to watch more. Yeah. Still, uh, we're going to get into it real quick. Check out part one uh, for where we talked about the first seven songs and set everything up right so that we can get into it a lot quicker. We're just going to say real fast, special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Linda Williams, DJ Black Hurricane. And uh, we'd like to shout them out at the beginning while you're still watching because they're fucking dope. And yeah, without further ado, yada, 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 we like Jay-Z, we talked about the first seven <laughs> songs, and the eighth song is Always Be My Sunshine. I mean, I feel like the album went in a different direction here. What do you mean? This song is less good than the previous songs we've been listening to. Um, what y'all want at the very beginning, I question if like... It was a little bit of a subtle jab at the industry. As I understand it, hmm. this song was something that he was very much pressured into to kind of create more of that poppy sound. He's gone on record stating that this is the worst mistake of his career in this song. Really? Let's be real. The rest of the song has a depth to it. There's like a purpose to it, a point to it. And then we get random down to ride love song that just doesn't really seem to fit like it doesn't have the same level of like who be in a japanese restaurant eating sushi drinking sake it's me in miami with the doobie cutie smelling like miyaki half i mean the rapping's all there but the beat's a little bit funny to me. I don't know. It's not my favorite. But I think in that intro, he's taking shots like, well, if that's what y'all want, you're going to get the Jay-Z version of this song. Yep. Um, tits firm like nature, Foxy, Nas, and AZ. Oh, I get it. Because the tits are firm like the firm, which is, you know, those people that he just listed after. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the heart and soul of like what we've been listening to is carried over to this song where i didn't watch the video so maybe the music video is good um i didn't really see it um but in general the whole first verse ends and i remember going okay so there's this <laughs> one girl that he wants and she deserves to be a sunshine um okay whatever then i don't know who baby face is but he does a real generic sounding you know hook thing touch me with a heart of gold um, i can't go I a date without my sunshine and i'm like that's a lame chorus okay fine it's just, it's just that like i don't know jay-z can really be poetic with shit this is kind of like what i would expect from 
I don't know, T-Pain. T-Pain would have written something <laughs> like this, in my opinion. And then there's the second verse, a year gone by, and she's seen things most chicks only hear in songs, keep her going for nom. I'm like, okay, so now they've been dating for a little bit. The girl, oh, Jay-Z's all real and shit, so she gets to see it, yep. and she gets to be rich, and he keeps her all impressed, and other guys uh, want to come through to cheat just to say they slept with his girl, but then, no, 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 Foxy got his back. And Foxy Brown kicks in. I ain't deaf nor blind. They stress and hating because they less than mine. They want to sex me. We chose each other. You acting like you chose me. They oppose you, then they oppose me. And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm real die to ride. Don't die or uh, ride. Whatever. Shut up. Hold <laughs> ride or die? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you doubted me? Nuh-uh. I will never go with those guys because I want you mm-hmm. and only you and we're all together. And then it's the way it's supposed to be. If we ever go broke, would you hit the block for me? Faux show. She replied. And it's like, we just heard her reply, Jay-Z. Eyes open <laughs> wide. Uh, put that on everything. I put that on my life. And it just, this sounds a little bit more like fantasy, right? Okay. Because, like, everything else was based in Jay-Z's reality. But didn't he just tell us how the reason he doesn't have a girl's kid and all this because he can't trust women and shit? Now, after Beyonce comes around, okay, all that crazy and love shit, it, it was real. Made sense. Yeah. This just kind of feels weird because, you know, the girl, because her verse. And then, if I needed, would you give me your kidneys? For sure. That's, I mean, that's real love. I mean, yes, but what a weird sign of like dedication like if i fuck up my kidneys can i have yours okay catch a case you catch it with me okay that one's a little better at least you know they're doing crimes together like bonnie and clyde shit you know mm-hmm. pawn your jewelry to come get me that's fair too listen you know it's got to go down pawn whatever needs to be pawned yep and then my favorite line catch me with a chick forgive me uh i don't know about that and then that was just funny right because that was maybe the most honest lyric in the whole song is that even jay-z knows he can't find a girl that's going to be okay with him cheating (laughs) even with everything and you know although they did make a lot of money off of infidelity recently still uh and then it just flows out the girl's good and he likes her and just sells this weird fake love that doesn't feel real at all to me this just feels like a song trying to check boxes as opposed to now even if the rap is really tight like it doesn't carry the magic of like everything else on this album there's nothing else on this album i feel that feels so like what did i just listen to like there was not there's no reason for me to ever listen to this song again and this was a single right so that really makes me feel somebody like forced his hand come on come on jiggle you'll get the get the number one with that kind of a you know, get that song for the ladies you know a little bit of lady love in there <laughs> and he's just like okay and he wrote this and i'm like all right so i give it a four because it does sound like a well-produced song and then it's merit's end okay um so i mean it it is very like digitally sounding like very like synthesized like again like very like 80s inspired i find um but i like the beat on this one i thought it was sounded kind of cool and we do have like a more r&b um feel on the chorus and i think it's because again because he likes mixing it and babyface is like an r&b singer he's definitely not somebody that i'm like well familiar with at all or familiar with in general but um 
yeah, so like that's what he is. Um, I like this one is more like lovey, loving sounding while still being like hard and sexy, like at the same time a little bit. Um, and I think like the love between like him and like this girl or like what he's fantasizing about or whatever, um, you know, like just like the, the girl of his dreams um, is something that they like found together and they can both be like equal partners in it together. And I think that's like kind of interesting that it's like that it's like going to be a team effort. I think that's really cool. And I think that we can definitely see that, um, you know, fast forward 20 years or whatever. I think we can definitely see that between like Beyonce and him. Like, I think that they really are like a team effort, um, which is really cool. Um, basically, and like this girl would do like anything for him, give him a kidney, whatever he needs, you know, I think it's cool. Um, and he talks about like his nephews again. Um, and obviously like they must be like a big part of his life or like something that he maybe like he's like the godfather or whatever like he kind of definitely like has like a strong relationship with them and like only wants the best for them which is great good family ties um and i feel like this one would have gotten like radio play like it kind of has like that vibe like that it's a little bit more like radio friendly um and like it would still get like his name out there um, but I don't think I've ever heard this song before, um, having said that either. Um, and then there's like a message at the end, like from like you know, on an answering machine from like the girl um, telling him like right the fuck off um, for like kicking her and like her friends out of like I'm guessing like their tour oh, bus or something that. like that. Um, and she's like after everything I do for you and like you know she's like done like she's like so fed up with this guy. And so I think it's kind of funny like maybe he's not as like well behaved as he's thinking he is like in this song so i think that that's kind of like a funny like reflection on like you know he's like oh it's like this girl's gonna do all these wonderful things for me and blah 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 but really he's maybe not like treating her like she he should if he wants all these things so i thought that that one was kind of funny and honestly th so far this is like one of my like favorite ones on the album so i think it's funny that you and i have like complete opposite well i mean it's because the rest of this album has been this corporate executive mafioso guy who's all about the wealth and the money and the MOB mm -hmm. and this type of thing. And then this guy that we heard on this song is like, nice. I like nice. What can I say? 4.75. Give me your kidney type shit. Yeah, I was fucking whatever. <laughs> but I think that this skit at the end is more to build up to the next song a little bit. Who you wit to. It's like instantly you get some nice less pop production showing up. You know, he's like never sprung, huh? Yo, peep the repertoire. You know, he's not getting attached to ladies per se. You know, getting caught up in emotions. Check out the lyrical skills. And then right after that last song, we get almost the reason the last song doesn't make sense. I love bitches, thug bitches, shy bitches, rough bitches. Yeah. Don't matter, you my bitches. Gold diggers with your eyes well, on you my riches. Can't knock your hustle fantasies. for real. It's aight, bitches. <laughs> that sounds like Jay-Z. Like, like, let's be real. Which one of these songs sounds like the guy? Yeah, but which we... one is for show a little bit? And which one, the other one is for real? The other one was for show. Y you think? I think the other one was completely fake as I fuck. I bet I don't know. I can just see Jay being just a nice guy. I think Jay-Z is a guy that, as <laughs> he has pointed out, wasn't getting ladies because they were fucking thugs in another uh, hood, as we'll find out. And he got real rich. And as he's pointed out, every girl finds a billionaire cute. Um, so, like, 
I guess. He's yeah. kind of set it up where at this point he's just like, whatever, I love ladies. I'm game tight. See it through the platinum French frames with the French name in the same night. Pull you in your tight friend. Lift your address like light wind. Hot, and then I slide right in. Somehow this sounds more like how a Jay-Z night would go down. Like, I'm okay. just, I'm picturing this. Yeah. You know the whole repertoire US to the USSR sexing in a Lexus car? It flows better. He hits the beat mm-hmm. better. Everything about this just sounds like more authentic, you know? The second, uh, the chorus there has him like, gotta get more money, gotta get more shit. And oh, if you wanna roll with the quick, it's better, you know? Like, you wanna be associated with me. And then it just kinda flows on through and he's pointing out throughout the rest of the song his uh, prowess and skills with the ladies and him and his squad. And it's just even the, the individual lines, like chicks dream on him, trick cream on him, lose it when dudes think it's just music, lean on him, flash green on him, and diamond rings on him, sexing around the way girls down to mirrors. I'm something every girl's gotta have, like Levi's. Name one line that was as good as that Levi's line in the last song. Um, I don't know. There weren't, because this song has good lines <laughs> in it. Um, and then it just kind of flows on through, and I feel like you get the sense that he is the hot uh, caliber of what you want to be with. He's also an Indian giver, so he's going to take your probably your blowjob and then not eat your punani after, is what I took from that line. Rude. Now what I look like, giving a chick half my trap, like she wrote half my raps, yeah, I'm having that. You'd be the same chick when you leave me, the bank book and the credit cards and take everything you came with. On that note, I really respect it. He's almost like, yo, and I'm not like paying you. You're not like living off of me. You were over here when you came in. We can do our thing and you will leave the same way that you came out. Mm -hmm. So I do respect that part of him. Then in the third verse, I do like when he's like, here's something going fine. Not at all funny. We're taking all your bitches, taking all your money. Jay-Z rated AG, baby. That's all good. Or he's a gangster. You know, he's rolling it through. Yeah. I sink the ball in a hole like I'm Tiger Woods. The money was the grass and your ass was a tee. When I hit it with this club, love you, come in with me. And it's pretty good. It's pretty well done. Like, where the hell was that when he was trying to be romantic? Oh, he's not very a romantic guy. He knows how to fuck a hoe. Yeah. Those are not the same skill sets for no. songwriting, okay? This one just felt like it made sense. It felt like he wrote it. It felt like it has a good, like, little click. And then you get the, the little call at the end, which wraps up the whole song and goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed you. I shouldn't have talked that shit because she know her place. Um, <laughs> I gave this track a 4.25 on 5. I really, I really like it. And I like his use of short hooks to focus more on great verses. Yep. Um, so, I mean, he's basically saying, like, he likes all kinds of bad girls, but he's not... Um, He's not going to get anything or they're not going to get anything from him. Like you said, like when they split, like, you know, and he's not falling for that. And he's like saying, like, listen, like when we're together, um, you know, like I'll treat you and we'll have a good time and stuff like that. But like, you're not going to get anything more from me. Um, but then he talks about like the condom condom breaking and he like wants to like bang this girl raw and then it's kind of like well you know like that's like maybe almost, not like the best idea like it's like he's caught up in the heat of the moment and he hopes it'll happen but yeah he knows it. like he likes living a little dangerously i think um and like he kind of wants to know like if if like you know whatever girl that you're seeing here is um is like with anybody else at the moment and like if he can like have like his turn with her or whatever um and like 
And then at the end, we again, same sort of thing. We have like the message from like the girl, and she's like apologizing and hoping that they can still be cool. Because in the end, like you really don't want to have like a grudge with like somebody like famous and somebody that's like really well off. Um, and like, you know, I think the girl realized that she overreacted and. Um, you know, whereas he can just kind of like move on, get another girl, it's no problem for him. And, but I think she's kind of like regretting like what she did. Um, so I, I mean, I thought it was fine. Um, I give it a 4.2 on 5. All right. The next song has a great music video. It's called Face Off. Okay. There is at least one of the girls in the music video who has no bottoms on, and you can see her bush as she's melting candle wax all over her body. Um, so Jay-Z and his boys are sitting around. Yep, as Jay- they do. Jay-Z is like, this is a regular day, I'm not even phased. Everyone else is a horn dog. And you can just see it on the faces of all of these guys. Like there's scenes where like the guy is like, hey, let me lick those titties. I can't believe I get to lick these titties. Yep. These are the best titties I've ever licked. <laughs> and then there's another one where like you see her head go right next to his crotch and you know he's just, he's just so hoping that when the cameras go away that the party keeps going. I don't know if that happened. It's very possible. It is Jay-Z and his friends. Yep. Um, and then I thank you, Genius, for pointing out that there was an uncensored music video. So I'm watching the music video, and she walks into the room like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, you got to watch it. It's part of the review. Yep. And it's just, I don't know, there was a song happening, but there was also a lot of titties and dancing and girls being a little sexy. You don't get to see, like, real hardcore action because I've seen some of that on World Star Hip Hop, but this is pretty uncensored. And I yep. was going... Where the fuck was he this just had distributed? Naked girls dancing around him. Like, who? How did you guys get this music video back in the day? Like, where did they air this? This probably played like after eleven o'clock at night on like. Did that happen though? Yeah, like they were like the scandalous stuff was always played at night. Either way, um, so that looked like it was a fun music video. And again, this song kind of feels like it belongs on the album in regards to his attitude towards women being Mm -hmm. consistent with the character he's put forth. It features sauce money. And apparently the reason this song even came to be is because Jay-Z made a bet with somebody while playing Madden and he won the Madden game. And so the track masters had to make a song with him. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Uh, But Bonnie, how do you feel about this one? Um, I mean, I don't really have too, too much to say about this one, actually. It's, I mean, the music video is what it is. It's, again, like strippers and whatever. Um, It's just like him living it up, right? And um, so it's just like, so in the song, it's just um, like him, like, goes out to, like, their friend's place in Brooklyn and, like, does what he does there and has a nice beat and then talks about like how much he loves sex and how he loves battles and um like he's kind of like shouting out like all like his people like in his crews in brooklyn um like put your guns up if you like to have sex all the time so it's just sort of like that kind of anthem song um so i mean as much as like the topic isn't great the sound of the song is pretty good and pretty nice so i give it a 4.5 on 5 the sound is pretty great and they go back and forth like yeah. line for line which i think is pretty cool and it is pretty top level but it's anthemic feeling like you really feel like you're gonna get laid if you go to the party mm-hmm. and you're listening to this it doesn't mean you will but it's the type of shit you're like i'm gonna get my dick wet i'm gonna get my dick wet <laughs> put on a sound like this feeling away get to the party 88 percent dudes and the only four girls that are there are boyfriends you're like fuck 
yeah happened a few times um but yeah this song just flows nice man uh yeah get your guns up put your guns up it's on ladies no and the sun's up i'm gone fuck them bitches though digits though fuck now i bring it no what all black gat with the mac out i take shorty to the rest blow her back out she's sundress undress throw her back out biatch in and out like a crack house it's kind of like that throughout the whole song and it's clever and it's fun and you you definitely feel like you want to be dancing around as you're listening to this track you definitely feel the vibe to this song it's got a cool energy it doesn't really sound like either of these guys were coming in here to like make the most profound music you've ever heard what it really does do though is feel like you're going to have a really fucking good time and the energy is going to be proper with mm-hmm. it and everybody's going home with a lady and i think it really, at least one at least one preferably two um i didn't mean that uh <laughs> then uh there's the whole third verse flows in I, I just feel like there's not much that distinguishes them between shit it's just okay it's okay flowing wise it sounds proper the way they bounce off of each other sounds excellent listen to, to listen to yep. lyrically it's one of the least profound songs on this album mm-hmm. but it does have a nice anthemic feel and i love the energy of it i could see myself bumping this in the right time so i give it a 4.35 on five um and that's all i gotta say about that one yeah why don't we talk about some real stumps word <laughs> All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about this track? Um, well, this one is with Too Short, and um, I like Too Short, so I, I was excited to hear what uh, he had to say. Um, this is like kind of like a song about putting your money where your mouth is. Like, you know, what if you're going to say something, if you're so real, prove it. Prove it by grinding. Prove it by doing what you got to do. Um, and, you know, they're kind of saying like, yeah, they have a criminal record, but they're living legit now and they're still making like boss ass money and they're not involved with drugs anymore because like, like they're like real businessmen and like, you know, they have to like act a certain way um, to make real money. They have to make, you know, do certain things and they can't fuck around with drugs anymore. So they're really just like focusing on like making the the real financial money moves the like the things that will really um you know blow them up and make them have a lot of money and a lot of fame and and success and you know it'll just be money like they want to have something that's going to sustain them more than just like their rap career you know like they need to like be diversified i guess so um so i gave it a 4.4 on 5 so this is like these guys you know and their like kind of financial decisions all right uh first thing the hook definitely um kind of draws off of a biggie song by the same name and uh it got me thinking like is jay-z using biggie lines biting right because you you get the biter accusations that'll Mm -hmm. come around and shit and you know that if i'm not mistaken uh it was either Ghostface or Raekwon or one of these dudes on their like skit was like taking shots at probably Jay-Z for biting off of other people's styles and shit or Biggie and them and there's lots of accusations that go around and I know that Jay-Z has been accused of taking Biggie's lyrics and repurposing them and making it the hook of your song because like Hanging With The Honeys is the song I sing or Hanging With The Bitches is the song I sing I mean it's definitely like he basically took the Biggie hook and repurposed it. But then I got to thinking, 
like if my homeboy somebody i was close to passed away and they also made music and they had like a hook or whatever that was hot and i was like close to them i would absolutely pay homage to them by taking their words and like reusing them and immortalizing them in a sense so i guess it really comes down to perspective and i mean on the one hand it might be perceived as a lack of creativity like you're not coming up on your own shit i would counter that everybody's borrowing everybody else's shit and repurposing it but i think that in light of the situation like jay-z they did songs together and shit like that like they clearly were friends i think it's just him paying homage and i thought that was actually really cool and then uh jay-z you know we started out making small town bacon two little bacon and that's good because right they're making bacon but they're bacon yeah and it's actually a pretty cool line because they're cooking up shit talking about whipping cakes but they're not really talking about food here just in case you were wondering got clothing and big cheddar oh shit they're still not talking about food here hoping it gets better we had no knowledge of this shit we just it was with whatever in front of your building clocking i thought i was making a kill and right in front of your children ate ball in my side pocket and again that self-awareness where like yeah i'm doing all this shit i got these drugs and stuff and your kids is like literally like right there and that's the part of like the story a lot of other people can't own they can't own the fact that yeah they were a drug dealer and they were doing this shit in front of children and maybe that was a weird and questionable thing you know but they was corrupt too disrespecting the fiends i used to look up to take it or leave it fuck you so it's kind of like this is the world this is kind of what it is you know and it just paints the situation of where he comes from and you know uh, you know how the game goes sign to get cheese and speak in chinese everybody gains in the same dough get your shit scarred fucking with my six squad from marcy to bay yeah we get large because i believe two shorts from the bay and you know kind of shutting it out like that then do the hook and you get the sense this is my grind this is my game this is how i accomplished it and then Too Short comes in and I like this man so now you own a record label I got one too and I'm just like ah it's funny cause people be talking yep. about how they own shit or whatever he's like me too that's not impressing me much we on a roll can't nobody Six stop our tween. crew yeah that's what I was doing there you can treat us like convicts but you know we got records on the shelf and on the charts the double decker so you know you got the sense of yo we we got this money coming in we got consistent hits he's like i'm, I'm not a crook man all of my money is legit what you want to take a look at my fucking books to prove it and whatnot i know you think i'm selling drugs but no the music i'm selling gets treated like drugs only it's better because i can kind of like keep it all plus i know that these you know record labels just fucking people and it's just like in the streets man how much you got so it's like pointing out that there is a serious correlation just how it all goes in the music industry and how people get treated in the preconceptions against the other version of it all and then you know the the third and fourth verses are kind of like they each do a little mini verse and what i love the most is from two shorts part where he goes there ain't no dollar amount that can make me happy fine women a big house a truck and a caddy and if i'm not mistaken his wife is open to other ladies coming home so he's got what he wants now all the good shape multiple threesomes marijuanas and stuff he seems like he's pretty happy with his life and he keeps making music and he keeps sounding like too short like he sounds like that like on every song i've ever heard him no matter what decade i've played him in so he's one of those guys that does not have to change i also once saw porno uh back in the day <laughs> and it was like too short had produced it and it was his album playing and it was whatever album oh, weird it was whatever album has the song blowjob betty on it and guess what was happening all three and a half minutes of blowjob betty oh there were the three dudes there were getting their dick sucked by the three hoes and that was what went on through blowjob betty 
Makes sense. And as the album progresses, it's basically like an hour and a half porno video that plays out as they go through their different scenes, all to two shorts music. And it inspired me. And I always wanted to do that one day, but I don't think I'll be allowed to. It's hard to find <laughs> people that will let you do things like that. And then, yeah, you know, Jay-Z is just like, if you ballin', keep ballin'. If you jealous, stop. I want Beggy to rest in peace as well. And Pac, how real is that? And it's kind of like saying, yo, just be legit, be, re- be you if you are. If you're not, stop being a hater. Figure it out. Meanwhile, let's find love here. Rest in peace to both sides of the coasts, you know? And I thought this was a cool song. I really enjoyed listening to it. I gave it another 4.25 on 5. It's pretty solid. Um, and you know what was touched on in this song that correlates pretty well to the next song? Uh, rap game, crack game? Yeah, the rap game slash the crack game. It's kind of the same thing. Hmm. I'm fairly certain that the Jay-Z and Nas beef is underway at this point. Which makes it interesting that Jay-Z samples Nas on this when he goes, somehow the rap game remind me of the crack game. And then I'm pretty sure it's Andre 3000 that says, see that rap shit is really just like smelling smoke, selling smoke. And that's the hook of this song. I never really, personally I think it's a little cheeky when your hook is just made up of samples of other people's lines. We see it all over. Yeah. Like it's not like just Jay-Z just did this, it's all over. I guess it's has been done before. It's a little cheeky. It's totally a, a thing I'm not so into. A great example of it falling apart terribly was the Forever Young song with Jay-Z. But no, this is completely different. That was mm. I know they're not the same thing. But no, I really this song's pretty cool otherwise, right? Because yeah. I mean at a certain point in my like young YouTube life at least, I realized that creating these videos is comparable to selling drugs. It's not that different. You create a product, you distribute it to people, and if it's of a high enough quality, you keep them coming back. And the goal is to turn all of you watching this into behind that suit junkies that want to keep watching our shit. Yeah. And that is honestly the goal. And to do that, we can either cheapen our product and dilute it and make reaction videos. And I don't make, think like, we can make this any cheaper. No, we can because <laughs> here's the thing. So aesthetically, yes, we could iron the sheets and we could probably delint the table a little bit more and get a better venue. But I don't think that would be like a deal changer of any regard. It means means you either like listening to us talk and you're going to stick around because you care about what's being said or the overall conversation or you don't right yeah fair and enough. i think that's what we bring to the table in this youtube sphere is is that's our quality is that there's something where well the fact that we we take the time to really look at the songs and understanding them in a bigger way because if you look in the review sphere anthony fantano is king no disrespect but there's only so much you can say in an eight to twelve minute fucking video i mean we can spend more time talking about one song than other people's entire youtube video will be including the intros and outros and shit so that's our game (laughs) evidently it's not like youtube's not the right platform for us so we're going to go on other platforms soon but in a sense it's like that right so if you recognize there's a problem like the the truth is youtube wants to go corporate and like p 
PG and shit, and so I like to say shit. So where can I go? Spotify is okay with me being sh- saying shit. Let's go to Spotify. Let's go to iTunes. Let's find ways to take this product. It's like if you're selling drugs in the hood versus selling it on a college campus, and you consider the different risks in the different areas and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much to it. Anyway, this whole song, as you may imagine, compares the rap game to the crack game. But why don't you tell us how you feel? Um, well, I like the intro to this song, like literally probably like the first like 10 seconds. I thought it was like really cool. Um, but I mean, it's the whole thing sounds all right. Um, it's basically like saying like, you know, he takes like the rap game as seriously as he does like the drug game. And it feels the same way and the same things, you know, could be at stake. Like your life is at stake. Like this is this is it. Like it's an all or nothing kind of situation. Um, and you have to know when to be in it and when to split, when to stop. Um, and I think like that's like an interesting thing to think about as well. It's like when like when to pull away and think about something else, like, you know, do something different. Um, personally, I liked how uh, Nas, Nas was like included in there and mixed in. Um, it's sampled from Represent. So like that's uh, like, you know, for me, that's one of my favorite songs of his um, so far. Um, and, and like they both are kind of saying like the same same message, like in that song, like they're both saying that like the drug game and the rap game are similar, and like the way that you play it is similar, and the way you know the things that are associated with it are money, you know, success and you know expensive things and things like that, and women and whatever. Like you're gonna get the same sort of thing by doing this alternative thing than doing this criminal thing. So, um, like, that's something that's interesting that they're both talking about, and they're both New York rappers, and I guess I didn't know that they had, like, a beef at the time, but that's interesting that they he was included in this song then. Um, and I think it's also, like, a hard truth. Um, and also, I just wanted to point out all of the, the writers that were on this song. So, and I think it's also just because, like, you know, clips of theirs were included, but um, Andre 3000, Big Boy, Organized Noise, Nas, C. Martin, Clarence, Satch, Satchel, James William, Marvin Pierce, Ralph Middlebrooks, Marshall Rock Jones, Sugar Foot, Billy Beck, Jay Burks, and Jay-Z. So like, there's a lot of rappers, <laughs> there are a lot of like writers that go into like making this one song. But like, hey, it, if it, this is what it takes to like, you know, produce the best album and do what you got to do. Like, I don't hate on that. I, you know, I know people get pissed off when there's like a lot of uh, writers included on people's um, songs like that. But I think that as long as like, as long as Jay-Z is included in that, then I think that, you know, it's different if it's like a ghostwriter or whatever, then that's a whole different story. But um, if he's included him like himself and all of their other bits and things, because it is like a, a, you know, he's making references to a lot of different things. And I I think that's also it too. So like Macklemore will have like 15 writers in a room and they'll come up with like 16 bars and you'll love the song and i'll call it good trash because it's radio fluff and whatnot but it's it's what it takes to make like on the other hand a great song and to make money off of it i don't think a lot of those credits are because they wrote anything i think no, but they were featured on the song a lot of them so i think that was interesting just that it, well that's I what i mean that. when you sample somebody 
you literally have to give them a writing credit because mm-hmm. they technically wrote that shit. So yep. Organized Noise, Andre and Big Boy all got their credit just because of that one line. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure that Nas or whatever would get his credit yep. for that one line. And then all the other people probably were involved in either the but music But I think it's also interesting. It relates or, back to like what you said at the beginning, like when we did like the first half of this, is that, you know, you take what somebody has already done and like you kind of build on it and I think that that's kind of what he's doing I think that there's ways to do that where it's cool kind of like you know that Carlito's way repurposing it in an interesting way or to take like an obscure 80s song and to redo it in your own way Mm -hmm. I think a cheekier version of that is to take two hot lines from other people's song and just use it as your hook and there's so many hooks like I said that have just done that it's like four lines and they all it's like, hey, look, all these people agree with me. Yeah, I guess that's that's the only benefit I can think of it is, hey, look, all these people agree with me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, anyways, I gave it a 4.5 on 5. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good. I really liked it. I mean, you get the same sense of his flow and shit, but I really like how he really correlates it in a direct sense. Like, let my friends know, hey, we got some dope shit, meaning he's like music. Go, I need a middleman, so we look to the radio. Let him test the product. Give him a promo show just to breeze, not enough to catch a real vibe. And that's the same thing you would do. Like, yo, here's a little little taste. Take it home. Tell me what you think. If you want a little bit more, come back and we'll talk for real. So you go. You give the radio a single. Yo, play this shit. People are going to love it. The radio starts loving the attention. You know, okay. Then we drop a maxi single and charge him two for five. Ain't trying to kill him, a first building clientele. So, you know, okay. So we'll give you a couple of hits for this amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. And then later on, it just blows the fuck up because they slowly secure the clientele. They never move too fast and they strategically take over the same way you would do with the drug game so as to not disrupt too quickly to get killed, but also disrupt enough to make your claim. And then second verse just kind of falls on through. My shit's as good as drugs. Yell to the world. Uh, they know my sh- uh, shit stretched without the baking soda. Went from an A to a quarter to a half to a key. Priorities work wasn't right, so I switched factories. So it's like, well, I used to do that one. Didn't really like it. Now I'm doing this one. It's not the same thing to me. I mean, I thought this song was pretty brilliant. Really fun to listen to. Um, and then, yeah, I gave it a 4.5 on 5. The beat's proper. Everything about it really works. It's short. It's sweet. And it really eloquently expresses the idea that these two industries are the same and in fact you should treat your music as seriously as a drug dealer treats his crack like i think it's trying to tell people like stop treating this like it's a party because how many people go make music and it's like a party like i know local musicians who it's like like yo the montreal's local rap scene we don't throw shows we throw parties we throw these things to start late and it's like everybody's supposed to just get fucked up or something but yeah the people want to show they want that motherfucker to start at like 7 38 p.m they want it to be done by 11 30 p.m and they want a constant flux of fucking people spitting at them they don't want to go to a party they want to go to the party after the show mm. you know like there should be a structure to this shit and yeah. promoters and in general the entertainers they got it wrong is what ends up happening is it's basically the same MCs 
and their posses who show up to the same events so they all turn it into a little party for these little get-togethers but it's never really about the audience and the clientele and you go talk to rappers in montreal about their understanding of what the people want to promote a good show and yo if any promoters in montreal are watching this let's have a conversation dog because i can break you down exactly what the market with money wants or you can keep like here, here's a way to look at it you don't want the people who are above the age of 21 who can go out till three in the morning on a thursday night that market isn't as rich as the market that has to catch latch metro just keep that in mind which market has the job therefore which market has the money and ultimately you want to have people showing up to your show who not only can afford the ticket but can also afford to put 30 40 bucks into the bar so you get that clip of drink money who can also afford to buy merch off of your fucking artist so they can make some money so then if you can set up that environment you don't have to pay as many people mm. but instead nobody goes after people with jobs they go after like broke fuckers who want to be out till three in the morning a vanity metric is having a crowd a crowd of people like we went to a show there were like 45 people there and of that 45 people, like 15 tops were actual audience members who paid to come to the show. It was just performers and entourages. So like when you really look at the situation, it's like it's fucked up, man. These yeah. people do not treat it like the crack game. They treat it like it's some fun willy-nilly bullshit. Anyway, well. that's, uh, that's where I'm from. Yep. All right, Bonnie. How do you feel about Jay-Z telling us about his hometown? Well, I always appreciate this because, you know, you get to kind of like understand a little bit more about the artists and they talk about you know their background and where they're from um so he's from the hood um basically and where it's um it's too scary even for like news reporters to go and like there's so much violence and stuff that could be reported on but it's too scary for anybody to go there um, and it's early, you know, he's kind of talking about where he's from. So he's talking about, you know, where he, when he grew up. So it was like late eighties, early nineties, mid nineties, um, in Brooklyn. And from everything that I've understood, that I understand everything I've read and seen and everything, like it was like at that time in that place, it was a scary place. Um, it was quite violent. Um, and he particularly, he talks about being from like the Marcy projects or like the Marcy housing, um, which according to Wikipedia was, um, one of the seven most infamous housing projects in the United States. Actually, it was um, rated number two. I don't know if that counts for anything, but it was pretty fucking scary. Um, and there was a lot of like shit that went down there. And I think that's also something to say about the government. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's talking about that in this song, but it's, it is relevant to any place that is like a project and like the kind of shit that goes down there. Um, I don't know. I don't know is if anybody is from any of these projects or if they still exist or if you live there let us know what what it's like now or if it's like all like happy and hippie and you know brooklyn <laughs> for like what i think of now is like brooklyn is just like a bunch of hipsters living there um so um yeah i mean that's that's pretty much it and so he he also was say said um that he has to wear a, a bulletproof vest and it's not just like a, you know whenever he feels like it it's an everyday thing because you just never know well, it um, goes as far as to be like it, if you don't wear it 
the next you're day, you're a walking target. We're basically. gonna be going. Damn, what happened to that guy? Yeah, like it's stupid. Like you're stupid for like not wearing one, and like that it's just that serious, and like that it's that reality is something that is just like a norm. Like you put your jacket on, you you know, and make sure you put your your vest over top of it or whatever. Um, I don't know how it goes over or under or whatever, but um, you get the the, the idea. Um, and it's just unfortunate, like the real life of these places, like people actually have to live through that. And like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that it's so scary that it's literally like a war zone. Um, and like these types of places that he's describing. And I think that that's pretty crazy, especially again, looking, you know, at it from today's light, like he came from like this kind of shit, like this place that you just, you might as well just like like right off like places like, you just assume that like everybody from there is going to is going to be either a drug dealer end up in jail getting killed like you just assume that everybody that that is from like these types of places they're not going to succeed like they're just they're not like that's what i think a lot of people think and i think that's kind of why they're created because they don't want people to succeed um and i think that he's kind of saying like I, I you know he's like a billionaire now and i think that that's just so incredible that you can literally be from nothing from like the worst place possible or the second most worst place possible um and still be able to be incredibly successful and rich and not do it in a violent way um and i think that that's kind of really cool especially growing up in the place and that he did so, you know, yes, he did go through that kind of dangerous criminal life and he talks about it, you know, and, and how it was scary, but it's a good reminder of like, you know, where he's from, what he went through and, you know, for a period he was involved in like XYZ and it wasn't necessarily the best idea, but it brought him to where he is now and he was able to be successful where he is now because of his past. Um, and I think it's good. I gave it a four point, uh, poor, four, four. 4.5 on 5 on 5 uh, I liked it and I always appreciate it when they're telling their story so I mean this song is extremely good this might be my favorite song on this album cause like right off the jump it's this context painting this is my environment this is where I'm from but done with this poetic realism like again Jay Z is not about sugarcoating it yeah. and he's about telling it as honestly as he understands it so I'm from where the hammer is rung news cameras never come you and your man's hung in every verse in your rhyme where your grams is slung vanish every summer where the blue vans would come we throw the work in the can and run so you know people is dying situation so bad news people don't even come it's almost like it's so regular it's not news anymore you know yep and then he flows into some stuff that i thought was super real like so i felt him owed something or he used to to achieve this goal quicker i sold all my weight wet so i found out that that means you would sell your crack before a drive so that the water density makes it a little bit wetter therefore you technically make a little bit more profit on okay. the situation but he felt okay with that because the world was stacked against him so generally it was straight up um so since he was owed something because how fucked up the environment is he was okay with doing let's say less good things and then he describes how like ladies in one side of the projects like they were like we don't want to fuck with you because you're grammy we're gonna go fuck those hood guys and he's like but i don't get it they're just as grammy as us why wouldn't you fuck me you know like it's kind of what he was saying there um and then kind of pointed out like he's from a place where people will call you on your shit and if you're not legit you know it's a problem and people will argue all day about who's the best mcs biggie jc or nas 
we can add Eminem to that list and not many more can really be it's still those guys and Pac so yeah. Tupac, M and those three would make up many many people's lists you know um, and it just flows through he's from Marcy's where you know stars are born and he's like one of them maybe most of them are basketball stars but he is a star coming from this place um, yeah, I'm from a place where the church is the flakiest and been praying to God so long that the atheist where you can't put your vest away and say you'll wear it tomorrow then the whole shit so just off the jump to feel like God has abandoned you just because of the environment you're in and your churches are probably corrupt too and things are kind of fucked up but then he kind of flows in and one of my favorite parts is how he questions God at the end are you forgiving people who live just like me we'll never know one day I prayed to you and said if I ever blow I'd let him know the stakes and exactly what takes place in the ghetto promise filled still i feel my job ain't done and i'm like damn eh that is what he's doing with this mm -hmm. like god gave it to me and let me escape this so i in exchange i'm being real with the whole situation but somehow even telling this truth doesn't absolve anything it just doesn't feel like i've done enough to make up for like the sins and shit and you know just stuff like from uh, i'm up the block around the corner and down the street from where the pimps prostitutes and the drug lords meet we make a million off of beats because our stories is deep and fuck tomorrow as long as the night before was sweet yep. and again it's just like that sense of like we're from the depths of things where like you know if you consider that idea where black males aren't even supposed to live past 25 like what is the point in planning you know like what's the point if we had a good night that's what it was up for you yep, know that's all that matters live for the moment um and like you know thankfully he's kind of came out of it but you know he reached out like he could have ended up in a situation where you died you know y'all can't do shit about this we'll show love and that's how they fool thugs before you know it you're lying in a pool of blood where i'm from and i and it's just crazy it's like the people who are going to be the kindest and nicest to you are often going to be the ones to kill you um and uh it's something you'll even see in that uh, again i'm going to reference the winning office politics book it's like if people start being nice to you it literally says assume that they probably want something from you if you can't figure out why somebody's being nice to you they might be plotting your downfall people aren't nice they're just not nice without motive so if she's nice to you she wants to fuck you or like she's trying to take your shit or like whatever i'm talking about like in a more she's going out of her way to be nice to you out of nowhere type shit like nobody just does that like we're not that altruistic of a species there are obvious example like sorry there are obvious exceptions where certain people are like hella nice and for some reason they get off on that shit but even in that <laughs> end it feeds their fucking egos i don't really believe real altruism's a thing i think it's a self-fulfilling cycle of i gotta do the right thing I did the right thing. I like doing the right thing. Yes. And then it just kind of flows in like that. Either way, he's not from an environment full of people like that. He's from the point of view where people will show up. And if you're not willing to kill them, they will kill you and shit. I get a song of five. It is amazing. It's so good. And he sampled himself on it. And I feel like that's a little bit better. Anyway, one more song on this project because we're not doing the bonus song. Sorry. Just didn't realize it in time. You uh, must love me. Yes, I must. So Kelly Price sounds super lovely as she sings. Throughout my life, no matter what I've done, you've been merciful and your love endureth. Through all things, for that I am eternally grateful. And I believe she is quoting 1 Corinthians 13.7. And it's a nice way to start this off. The point 
We've just got this whole album where, on the exception of the song where he pretends he's in a relationship, everything has been legit and it's had these flaws and it's had these certain things. So, to end it on this note of, in light of all that, you're forgiven in the eyes of God and shit, you're loved, is such an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this song? Um, it's pretty interesting. So there's kind of like three stories um, that we hear about. So um, the first one is um, like he how he hates that he started selling crack and like what it did and how he sold crack to his mother. And I would how like he f- to interject that apparently he's on record saying it's a metaphor. It's not actually my mother. Yeah. But anyways, that's what it says. It's what the song says. Um and so obviously he feels very bad for having done that um you know and he hates what he did to her and you know for having encouraged not maybe encourages but having you know been the one to provide this for her i guess and and what it did and then kind of like sarcastically like says to her um at the end like oh you must really love me like for like what he did um and i think that you know like I think she probably still does and then in like the next um, verse him and his brother he's, he's talking about how they used to play fight um, until they until they got older and then you know things got a little bit more serious and drugs got involved and he he realized that his brother was using you know m- something that was stronger than marijuana that he kind of talks about so obviously maybe it was on crack on crack yep um and like how you know violence happened because of that um and then he shot his brother in the shoulder that's not just violence i was going to continue on with that um and yeah so he shot his brother and then he like ran away from him and he didn't want to deal with it and so like that was kind of like a shitty thing to do um and this actually happened um and then like the next day when his brother was in like the hospital um he was asking to see like jay so it's just crazy again like and then same sort of sentiment um like kind of like shocked like how can people still love me and put up with me and after like all of the shit that i put them through and then in the third verse um you know he's talking about the girl that he's with or the girl that he loves and how she's willing to do anything for him and like really like truly like sacrifice anything and um he gets her to like travel and deliver drugs and by like strapping them and like taping them to like her body um and sort of fly like you know and go through the airport and obviously this is you know 1997 so it's pre-9-11 so things are a little bit more um allowed i guess um, when it comes to uh air travel um like i remember going up i feel like all the like every kid got to like go up to like the cockpit and like hang out with like the pilot in the front like i remember doing that um when i was like a kid like and i feel like that would just be like absolutely forbidden now like 100 percent, nobody's allowed to go into like the cockpit and like kids were just like walking in like oh cool beep 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 like you know like i don't know just crazy i don't think the kids were allowed <laughs> to push buttons buddy. obviously not they weren't loud but hey i'm just saying like that's just as dangerous as letting a terrorist control the plane sometimes um anyways let's not talk about that but um so anyways so that's what that's what's happening and the girl is doing this because she loves him and it's pretty crazy you know like she could go to jail for a long time for doing something like this um and you know for life even and then so again like the same sort of sentiment again um where he just can't even believe that 
he's able to, you know, kind of convince her to do this and that she's willing to do this for him. And, you know, it's just kind of like blows his mind a little bit. And like people are willing to do crazy stuff for love, obviously. Um, so this is another like really like honest song um, saying that he's done some some bad shit. And yet people are still there supporting him, wanting to be his friend, wanting to to care for him. Um, and he's just kind of like astonished by that, like essentially. So um, I give this a 4.75 on 5. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, I thought this song was pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it serves a couple of purposes. Like in the one sense, it's definitely recounting stories where he's done people absolutely wrong. And then when all said and done, they apparently still love him. So in his mother, it's like even though his mom got clean and, you know, fixed up her whole life, she's still strong and beautiful even though he didn't contribute to him. Because even if he didn't sell her drugs, he was still selling drugs and creating havoc. And, Somebody else's mother. You know, so uh, the way that at the end of the day, she still loves him and still, like, you know, wants to be around him and all mm -hmm. this stuff and in a sense where if you think about it pragmatically, she shouldn't. That's a powerful sentiment. And I like how he understands like the power of cocaine like you know in more than one way cocaine numbs the brain all i did was think about how the funds once came then i ran across the memory and it stunned the brain how can you destroy the beauty from which one came and that's like a powerful sentiment where like you get caught up in your lust for money to a point where you're willing to hurt your own mother to achieve your end goals like mm -hmm. maybe you've crossed lines and at this point things don't make no sense no more i'm not judging i'm saying that maybe if you're hurting your own mom in the process i don't understand it but maybe something needs to be rethought in the situation um anyway in the second verse he tells the story about his brother and that whole situation and then you know he's kind of fucked up and he stole his rings or whatever so he shot him because he wasn't being honest about it he wasn't mm -hmm. but it's like you know high up and more than we confused i just closed my young eyes and squeezed what a sound open my eyes just in time to see a stumbling to the ground damn what the fuck i done now just imagine being 11 and shooting somebody like that over a situation where they jacked your rings or whatever yep ran away all to like you know have him come in and say wow you must love me like you really must if you really still want to see me after that and then i think it's important for a guy like jay-z who many people parallel his life in terms of certain aspects of it many people probably deal with the guilt and the shame of their past actions but those same people probably don't realize that they're also still deserving of love and that people are capable of loving them even though they might perceive themselves as monsters. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what makes this song special is that it serves as a reminder that even though you see yourself away, that doesn't mean other people can't still love you and you can't like kind of get past it all and move into something different and then to show his own accountability again he tells that third story which all by comparison doesn't really like stack up but still it's like this girl he used to love or whatever and she, she was begging him to like let me get involved in your shit let me get involved and he kept her out of it and you could say if you really love her you'll keep her out of it but then one day he needed a person etc etc et so he strapped her up with the drugs and he sent her off but yep. that's risking her entire life her body her future so she must either love him or the potential of getting rich but 
the loyalty to do that to take that risk is significant and i think then you also have to consider that there's this accountability of your own actions so knowing how influential he is he's aware that he can't be treating people like that and that even if he does they'll still love him which adds a certain extra element of weight to it all mm -hmm. because it's not just i hurt you but you love me it's you're so devoted to me that i could ruin your life because you love me and you'll just do it all because you love me and that's a fucking odd power to control in somebody's life and you really shouldn't take advantage of it yeah so i think that ultimately this is a very strong way to end this thing everything sounds gorgeous but it takes like a minute and a half for it to end with the chorus and it just loops out and yep. sometimes i felt it was so beautiful and sometimes i felt it was okay i kind of wish this would end now <laughs> so i gave it a 4.75 it's a damn near perfect song in my opinion Okay. And I guess... Uh, What'd you give it overall? That brings us to the end of the album, where I gave the project a 4.5. Like, it's pretty much right there on the line. Uh, I'm calling this motherfucker a classic, because while sonically, I don't think everybody is going to like every song from the perspective of the vibes and the overall era it was made. It was very much of its time. Yeah. But if you're looking at it differently, like what albums can I relate to? Can I feel something when I listen to? Can I gain some wisdom or knowledge off of? In a, in a sense, this is a timeless album. What do we listen to outside of the general sound of the beats, at least from a lyrical point of view that was dated? None of the lyrics were dated. Yep. Even the shit that maybe could have been dated wasn't dated. Like back in 89, I drove this car before you. Well, that line still makes sense yep, today. Still, I'll, still, still, yeah, I don't care about that car, but yo, it makes sense. And so I think he did an excellent job. And I mean, if it wasn't for like, I mean, I could have done without like four songs about fucking hoes, but like <laughs> outside of that, everything that wasn't that was pretty fucking exceptional on this project. Like really exceptional. He's like super talky, but everything still kind of rhymes. Rap style is incredible. The depth and the wisdom and the subject matter. Like he, he's clearly already trying to lay down the blueprint for how life is supposed to work. Like he, hip hop is supposed to, according to KRS-One, have a degree of conscious elevation where like part of what you should be doing with the music is to raise the awareness of the people listening to it. I think Jay-Z is, is definitely a guy whose mission is kind of just to do that so i really like this album a lot i i kind of wish he was rapping like this over the modern beats i'm not to say that i don't have to revisit 444 but like when i think about the like you know the shit that he was doing when i was coming into an adulthood it wasn't as fresh as this right um i mean yeah i gave this album a 4.35 on five so that's an 87 percent um so i mean technically it's still a classic album but for me like I don't know what it is. I, I really want to like Jay-Z. I go in with such high expectations and then I just, it just doesn't necessarily quite get there. Um, but like, he's still a really cool guy and I think everything about him is like really interesting. Um, but I don't necessarily know if he makes like, if all of his songs are hits, but he, he does. I mean, I know everybody who's like a Jay-Z fan is going to like kill me right but now. But it's like, but like, I, I don't necessarily feel like- What do you mean by hit? Like, I don't know. Like, on this album, like, there were some good songs, but am I going to go back to it? Uh, maybe not. Like, it's not my favorite. Like, but, it, like, whereas... It just, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like his best work, or maybe, like, 
everything. See, everything. I, I look at this. I don't know. Like, I mean, not that it was bad. Based on all the shit I read and all of the stuff I'm interested in, this song has a couple of fucking hits. Like real, like wow, man. Jay Z's a guy on the ground making money, doing some shit, pulling it off. Like I just, I think probably at the time, like maybe it was different. Like maybe like, like you're that's not what gonna, it was. You're not gonna ever pick up a Robert Greene book and read it for fun. No, I would. <laughs> so like, I feel like Jay Z is appealing to a certain type of person who can relate to that underground money but that's quest. that's fine. And I think that's what's great is that we can both so listen to it and still have such different interpretations of it. It's such a subjective term, which is why I asked, like, are we talking radio hits? But songs, I, I think that there's just that. not necessarily a lot of songs that I, I love. Like, that's completely fair. I'll say that. So for me, it was just like there wasn't, like, maybe I just need, like, a compilation of, like, his best hits. And, like, that'll be that. Uh, and I'll be done with, you know, Jay-Z. You know, I'll move on with my life. But, like, I keep searching for, like, you know, the great album. Like, you know, the thing that's going to, like, just blow my mind. And I just don't feel Apparently like I'm getting it. it's called The Blueprint. So we'll get there. <laughs> and so, it came out in 2001, I think. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, I like it. And I also had some issues with, like, the beats. Like, the first, like, maybe, like, half of this album, I wasn't necessarily a fan of a lot of their beats. But then, like, the second half of the album like it kind of picked up and i know that there was like a few producers like involved um so it could just be because of that but like the beats got better towards the end of the album than at the beginning i'll, I'll personally say Fair so enough. that's pretty much all i have to say about the album all right well thank you all for watching we totally appreciate you being here yeah. with us let us know what you think of this two-part format if we should keep doing it and if you'll click on the video if it's three and a half hours for one video because if you're not going to click it's, on the it's video then maybe we should just do the two-part thing because at least then you'll click on it <laughs> um yeah let us know what you think in general i feel like we're we could do like curious. a five-parter we were so long i don't i don't want to do that <laughs> but we could we could just you know split it up drop like 20 videos a week uh <laughs> Um, we could have like our JRE clips equivalent. So let us know what you think in general. If you like this channel and you want to see more reviews and shit, hit that subscribe button. We finna talk about a whole bunch more stuff still. Uh, hit that like button because that would be real cool. Um, and you could also like join us on the Patreon journey where we got to give a special thanks to Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams. They support what we do to help us get a new camera. Uh, every few weeks they get to tell us what album to review and you can uh, for a dollar a month or more join us over there and get perks and shit as we flush out the channel and get next level with it. Um, we also make music now uh, I mean I make music and you can check that out on the channel and let me know what you think about it on that note it's been fucking hot it's been quite a few hours in a row here <laughs> and it's all sweaty and gross so I would like to get some ventilation up in the room have a great day bye guys